What is up, everybody? Welcome back. It's the Run Your Mouth Podcast. We're here Monday morning with all the week's information. I know it's only Monday, but I know everything that's going to happen this week. I've peered into the future, and you're watching other news broadcasts. They're going to be telling you about what happened yesterday, maybe over the weekend. Not me. I'm going to be telling you what's coming up on Friday and Saturday. I mean, they're just making up about events that happened in the past. If you're already just going to make shit up, you might as well forecast for the future. You might as well tell people what's going to be happening in a week or two from now. That way they're prepared when it happens, starts happening. They're like, oh, I knew that this was going to happen because I've been listening to that Run Your Mouth podcast. What is up? It is nice to be back Monday morning. Hopefully Mondays are going to be uh, regular. And then I have no idea after that. But, dude, St. Louis was fucking fun. Good to get out on the road. Actually do a full weekend at a club with Davey Smith. My act is uh, starting to get tight. Nice to actually be able to do a whole weekend of shows. Keep drilling the jokes. Mess around with the audience a little bit. I'm a... Uh, I'm excited for this year. Things are already starting to happen, so having some fun. All right, let's get into some news topics right away. I don't think I have much nonsense to talk about. Uh, first is, I'd like to remind the viewers of this program that if you're a man doing housework, it's dangerous. You got to you gotta hire people, and it starts with like the little stuff. I don't know if maybe you got a girlfriend, maybe you got a wife, and sometimes they're pestering you that you should be picking up the slack around the house. Maybe it starts with taking out the garbage. Maybe it starts with fixing the sink. There's just little tasks, and they come along, and they're just pestering you to participate a little bit more in the cleanliness of your own home. And I'm here to tell you that that is a dangerous activity for men because it starts with, like, the little household tasks, and then all of a sudden you think you can fix things, and then the next thing you know, you're out living in the woods, uh, plowing things and getting run over by your own plow trucks. That happened to Jeremy Renner. That's a guy. I don't even know if that's his name, but he's one of those dudes who's like, even though I'm a rich actor, I'm a dude. I'm going to do my own labor. I'm going to show off how much of a dude that I am. I'm a method actor. I can't just show up and pretend to be a superhero without superpowers and super movies. I got to live a whole life of being a fucking bro, a do it himself, live out in the woods type thing. And that's what I'm saying. That shit's dangerous. You're wealthy enough to be hiring people who can actually be doing these things. Or I was reading, there's this uh, uh, congressman, real muscular looking guy. I've seen him uh, talk in videos about firearms because he used to be in the army would have been helpful if I knew the name, but you know, I don't know, whatever I was traveling. I forgot to snip the story in, but that guy, apparently he was like climbing a tree, chopping up his own woods and he managed to get himself injured. And I bet what happened was it started with, you know, doing some household items. And then you're a dude, you don't want to be doing the household items. So you're like, you know what? I'll go out into the yard. I'll do be the, I'll, I'll start doing the heavy lifting shit. I'll be plowing stuff. I'll be chopping down trees. And that's how you end up getting injured. So I'm just saying, ladies, if you're out there, and you want to help out, uh, make sure that your husband's uh, safe. You want to keep that guy on the couch because otherwise he's going to start being like, I'm going to fix my own car. He's going to be like, I'm going to work on the roof. He's going to want to work on the dude projects. And that's how you get yourself killed. So just trying to tell everyone to be careful. All right. Next topic we got here. Might as well switch up the view. You know, everyone doesn't have to just stare at my list. You can see my pretty face and my she shirt. Hell yeah. Sheath represent promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off most comfortable underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. Go to sheet.com, use promo code RYM and get yourself 20% off because if you're pacing around like this, you need to have your nuts sealed and protected. You don't, don't want to be all loosey-goosey in tight quarters trying to pace around. It's not going to work well for you. All right, here we go. Next topic that I have is hookers with Instagram. We're living in a dangerous new world, everybody. There was a time you wanted to plow yourself some hookers. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, well. Someone else is going to run into their back page ad or something. I mean, how much exposure do these hookers have? Uh, as I'm talking about this, Norm McDonald had a great joke. It was on one of his specials where he talked about how what stays in Vegas, uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And he's like, well, I think that's just referring to the hookers. I'm like these hometown hookers who will, I'm not even telling his joke well. But anyways, 
and Dabo's, you have these hookers, they're hitting the newspapers, they're getting onto Instagram, and they're like, look, I'm making $2,500 a night. And by the way, I guess, uh, you know, you, you thought all these random people making money on OnlyFans, just wait till you see these, uh, these hooker postings in the daily news every single day. I don't know how teenagers are going to make it through high school with all this information that they could just be only fansing or hookering to high-end people. You know, that's how you end up mixing it up. Maybe that's how you even get recruited to become like, I'm not saying that AOC is a hooker. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I'm saying if you're pretty and you're well-spoken and you got to figure out a way to mingle with these high-class people that might be able to knight you as being the person who can show up on the news and lie about global warming. I mean, you're going to have to introduce yourself to these people somehow. All right, but I was just trying to uh, uh, reminisce on a time where I guess if you were a powerful man, you didn't have to worry. Like women were a little bit more, uh, I guess, careful with their hookerings. They weren't going on to Instagram and going, look look at how much money I'm making this weekend and look at the people I'm interacting with and look at this ski vacation that I got and look at this club that I was going to. This uh, this is a new world if you're trying to get the high-end hookers because they might just be broadcasting that on Instagram. They might also be a content creator where they're like, oh, they've made TV shows about high-end hookering, so I might as well just uh, maybe I can become a high-end hooker celebrity, and then I can do both. I can both run the travel blog and hooker. That's double dipping. But what are you going to do? Call her a whore? <laughs> All right. What else do I got on my list here? Um turn off ad reads. That one's not that interesting. Shut the fuck up zones. Yeah. I I wish like, uh, it's amazing to me in airport and in traveling the full on business and work halls that, uh, people have just sitting right next to you. You're, you're, you're sitting over here and you got your laptop and then some guy decides that right next to you, he's just going to run a full office. And you know, sometimes I got important calls too, but I'm like, there's all these people around. I can't be uh, making these important phone calls. Maybe just something turns in your life where you're just like, fuck these other people. I don't care. But I, I kind of feel like it's on the airport where they can just have designated shut the fuck up zones and then designated pretend like you're important and yell at your employee uh, corners. And then the people who feel like they're important and like yelling about business dealings that probably aren't that important, probably didn't have to get down at the airport. Not everyone, like everyone likes pretending like they're a Jeremy Piven from Entourage type character, where if this business deal doesn't happen right here at this airport, uh, the whole entire company is going to. And if you were that important, you'd be like flying private or you'd be in the Delta lounge. If you're already out mingling with the rest of us, eating the shitty airport food, trying to time your diarrhea for once you get off a flight. Uh, you know what I mean? You, you, your business dealings are not that important. And then maybe they could just have the important corner of the airport where you and the other people like to pretend like they're important can all interact. All right. Last one on our quick list of random topics before we get into other random topics that we'll probably do quickly. Uh, you had the Supreme Court leaker. So the Roe versus, Roe versus Wade being overturned came out before the midterm elections. Well, actually, it was overturned before the midterm elections, but it was leaked even earlier than that. And you don't normally have leakage over at the Supreme Court. And so after months of investigation, classic. Hey, what? how great are government jobs? Doesn't matter what your job is at the government. You're allowed to just come forward and go, yeah, no results. And that's fine. That's the beauty of working in a government job. You're allowed to just take a lot of money, work a job and just go, yeah, we couldn't do it. Then everyone goes, all right, well, it's the one place where like, okay, he tried. We get to go in front of the American people and go, well, we tried, we we spent the money and we did the investigation and there were no results, but we're not about results. We don't have uh, profits. We don't have bottom lines here. We don't have shareholders. 
we have taxpayers and they give us their money no matter what. And so we have to just spend the money. It's been allocated. Not only has it been allocated, we're claiming that we need constantly more and more budgets. And the reason that we can't get to these conclusions is that we didn't have enough of the money. But the point is, you can run the investigations and you can come back with nothing. And that is perfectly acceptable. And so what happened that they came back with nothing? They just meet with everyone at the Supreme Court and they go, uh, hey, man, you leaked this? And the guy's like, no. I'm like, all right. He said he didn't leak. You sure you don't leak it? All right. Next guy. Bring the next guy. Hey, you the leaker? No, you didn't leak it. And then apparently they didn't even talk to the Supreme Court justices. So there you go. Just another storyline for the books. Who knows? All right. Let's take a couple uh, comments. And then we'll go into the next section. But of course, why not plug yokekratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. If you guys are into uh, kratoms, you can get yourself full kilos. You don't got to get yourself little baggies. Who wants to be living that little baggie of kratom lifestyle? Ooh, look, I saved up. I went to the store and I got myself a little bag. You want to have full-on kilo energy where you can show up to a party and be like, yo, we hanging out or what? I got a fucking kilo of kratom here. And the only place that I think even sells it in kilos is yokekratom.com the home of the $60 kilo. All right, let's take a couple comments. Eric Mintz, holy shit, no way. I'm the only one watching COVID Jesus. You're not. There are 26 people here. There's fake news. And I don't like you downplaying the size of the live audience, which is extravagant. Zinc 17, I was listening to one of your sets when the live stream started. It was surreal hearing Robbie try to talk over Robbie. Not sure what that means, but fair enough. Uh, senior Rex extraordinaire, Rob is post-morning porcelain plop energy. There you go. Luke. Yay. Hookers. Hey, Robbie. All right. Last comment. Marion Brandon, my local library has a designated quiet study room. So a shut the fuck up room guy still talks on his phone in there, but then at least like it's been designated that way. And then you feel like the power of the, that you got the authority of signs on your side. All right. Uh, next we've got New revelations in regards to the Biden documents. So we had for a full month, they're going, Donald Trump, he left office. He's got nuclear materials. He's got documents that our librarians have requested back. And then they go, we're going to raid his house. They raid his house. They take all the information. For months on end, we go, oh, we don't even know how dangerous this information is. And the fact that we don't know makes it even more dangerous. And then you get a special, uh, 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 I forget what the name of the guy was, special master, master specials. Master Specials sounds like a like a general for retards. But anyways, you get your special master and he's looking over all the documents and then they go, you can't have your special master. He's getting in the way of our Department of Justice investigation. The investigation gets back up and running and they're trying to spin a story. This guy is unfit for office, walking away with uh, with with classified documents. And of course, he's trying to say they weren't even classified documents. And then lo and behold, you've got Biden and he goes, well, I had died, but they were in the garage, man. Kept them by a Corvette. They were nice and safe. They were just where Hunter and his buddies hang out and steal beers from the garage. So, you know, you don't got to worry about those. And at this point, he can't even pretend like I guess he didn't know that the documents were there because he had them labeled with the Joe Biden labeling system where he has to carefully dictate what everything is. So like on a phone, all right, this is your phone by his bed or right on his bed. This is your bed. You get into this at night. I'll leave a note actually a post-its note on uh, Jill Biden's forehead, you know, so when he wakes up in the morning, it just says wife. He leaves himself very clear notes on everything. So that way he knows what things are like the white house. He, he leaves himself a note. It just goes, you, you live here. Uh, 
Oval Office, this is your office, this is your desk. He, he, very clear notation. By the way, I'm a spaz. I'm the same way. I got to write myself notes. Like, if I don't write down where I parked, I will never find that car again. I've learned that in New York City. I've already got great tools. When I end up with, with Joe Biden's dementia, I'm going to have a similar system, too. I'm going to have very good tools for pretending like I still got shit together. Um, but anyways, so he got this box in his house, and he's claiming, oh, I didn't know documents were there. But then I guess the official way of designating things as being classified within the government is um, you just write important docs and photos. I mean, this looks like a, like a Looney Tunes classification for uh, classified materials. Wouldn't that be amazing if that was actually the official uh, labeling system? Well, sir, that one's marked super, super secret. Well, what is the uh, classification on those documents? Uh, Hunter had it marked as important. Oh, man, that's the highest of, of classification ratings. All right, so uh, he's got this box in the house. Turns out that Hunter Biden's been living in the house, which maybe this is just where Hunter Biden likes hiding his crack. You know, if the police come by, then he could just be like, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's uh, the classified materials. I mean, you could see my, my dad clearly marked the box as classified. When he when he wrote that this was uh, important documents. Uh, and then, of course, you know, they're giving uh, Joe Biden shit about this. And he said he has no regrets. And of course, he has no regrets because he can't remember anything. It's hard to regret anything in your life. If uh, I mean, like showering with his daughter, he's blacked that one out. He doesn't regret that one. Ask him about anything. He doesn't regret it. OK, what else we got on this? So this was from the New York Post. I thought that this was uh, actually interesting and new information. So we've had longstanding stories of Hunter Biden and that he's out there and he's trading off of his dad's name. Now, here is an important distinction. Trading off your dad's name, that might be some good shady business dealings. You might have absolutely no access to your father, no access to the White House, no information whatsoever by which you can help out other people. But you're doing enough crack that you've got the balls to pull people up and go, I can get anything you need done. I've got the Biden name. And if you've got the Biden name on your board, no one's going to fuck with you. I've got access. I can't say I've got access. So I don't have access. Actually, there's nothing that I can do for you. But if you hire me, there's people that might take your call. If I'm on your board, there are people that might not fuck with you. If I'm on your board, government directors might look at the contract and realize, oh, this must be an upstanding uh, uh, company because they're working with a Biden. These are all the opportunities that might exist. So you might just be a slick crack addict trading off your dad's name. And then when they're going, hey, it's very clear that uh, Hunter Biden is representing his dad, getting payouts from foreign companies. This is treasonous. He's being bought out by the Chinese. He's being bought out by the Ukrainians. These guys are stealing and ciphering money. And then instead of bringing us evidence of that, they're just showing us that Hunter Biden's got a really huge cock. And they're like, well, how cool is this guy? So now you're telling me that he's making $50,000 and he doesn't work. He's getting away with doing crack and he's got a huge dick. And now the storyline is that I'm supposed to not like this guy. What am I missing in this story? But then they keep telling you because the news is pulling the same thing that Hunter Biden's doing when he's trading off of his name. We're like, well, he might be working. Might. Anyways, point I'm getting at is the storyline that we should be focused on is whether or not Hunter Biden is actually working with his dad, better known as the big guy. If there's evidence of that, if we can investigate it and just who's bought these individuals and how treasonous has, has there been activities been? The fact that Hunter Biden might have a big dick like hookers and crack, that the, that's the man's personal life. So we actually got some new information in regards to Hunter Biden, potentially not just trading off of his dad's name, not just involving himself in good salesmanship, but maybe actually 
representing his father and uh, giving away government secrets. Let's read the paragraph. This, this is from the New York Post. This was an email. So I guess, uh, by the way, that picture that I just showed you of the Joe Biden box was on the Hunter Biden laptop. So this is fun. We come out and uh, we find out, hey, that uh, Joe Biden was keeping documents. He's like it was next to the Corvette. And then they go through the laptop and then they start finding pictures from Hunter Biden uh, hanging out with the classified documents. So this is from, I believe, Hunter Biden's laptop. The strategic value, this was an email he sent, is to create a land bridge from RU to Crimea that won't directly affect Burisma's holdings, but it will limit future UK exploration and utilization of offshore opportunities, in particular, Hunter wrote. It will also result in further destabilization of UK nationally and for whatever government is in power, and the US will respond with even stronger sanctions. Those sanctions will threaten the tenuous support of the EU, which does not have the political will to incur steep energy price increases. In point 22, Hunter instructed Archer to buy a burner phone, presumably to keep their conversations private, buy a cell phone from 7-Eleven or CVS tomorrow, and I'll do the same. It's a prescient and very informed email, unlike anything else Hunter wrote in the nine years covered in the laptop, and has the distinct flavor of an official briefing, perhaps even a classified one. So... Who knows? Maybe Hunter Biden scurrying through those emails late at night. He's got the focus of a dude doing meth. He's reading through all of it. He's memorizing all the information. And then he's actually making that $50,000 by giving people insights into foreign policy. The other thing that I did kind of think was interesting here is uh, we were doing a segment last week in an episode called Let's Give These People Some Credit. And then you do wonder, well, what kind of intelligence does he uh, um like I actually, I mean, I've said it before. I think the whole Russia-Ukraine thing, it's just uh, possibly Nord Stream picking fights with Russia, stupidity of dream, uh, uh, man, my stuttering, stupidity of trying to bleed them dry while we also spend more money than we were spending in Afghanistan and being in a war, possibly uh, dismantling our currency by overspending inflation and then creating stronger bonds between Saudi Arabia, India, China, and Russia, where maybe they weaken dollar demand. But that storyline's over our heads. Anyways, I don't know why that tangent. So let's just, we're going to close that topic. We're going to move on to the World Economic Forum. But I'll take a couple comments. We got David Allen. If they find out Joe Biden paid off a porn star, it'll be proof we are in a sim. Almost everyone, uh, they accused Trump of, I don't know what that says. Okay. John Revolta. The Biden name doesn't get fucked with. They fuck kids. Allegedly. His comments aren't that helpful today. Something or other. Good morning, Robert. And good morning to you. Good, sir. All right. World Economic Forum. So I don't know about you guys. I've been watching uh, random clips. I'm trying to stay informed. And uh, off the bat, Greta Thunberg is getting fat. That's going to be the first uh, child actor of climate activists where uh, she turns around. Firstly, she's starting to look like the dad from 28 Days Later. I don't know what that actor's name is. He was also in that recent movie with uh, Colin Farrell that I never saw, the banshee of gayness of being on a beach and not being friends with people. I don't remember what the name of it was. Uh, but, uh, I mean, how great is that going to be in 10 years from now when they're like, I don't know, maybe a little bit of carbon and eat some meat. Like, she's going to be the drug addict uh, of like the, you know, when this happened to Disney kids where they, uh, kind of fall off. Um, and we're like, this is just the preliminary stages of it. It's not going to be as cute when she's yelling about this stuff. And she looks like, um, I got to start eating breakfast before I do the podcast. Cause my God, am I, uh, being a spaz this morning? All right. 
Here was the other uh, thing that I noticed is that all the comments were turned off. So, you know, that's a good way of making sure that I guess people don't watch your videos because the whole fun of watching these videos is to watch them and comment and go, oh, I'm pretty sure you guys are uh, trying to turn my electricity off. I'm pretty sure you guys are trying to figure out a way that instead of having food and electricity, I got to go outside and, you know, hope that I live in an infested building so that there might be some bugs because that's going to be the next thing. You know how it's like you could be a home gardener. Now you could just like produce your own bugs. It'll be like kits, like make your own cricket crickets at home. Why, 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 why are you sick of going to the store and buying pre-made crickets that have just been sitting on a shelf for six months? Well, now with our homemade cricket farms, you can just have crickets fresh from your, you. You don't want uh, crickets once they've been uh, chopped up in a blender and been sitting on a shelf for six months. Oh, who knows what kind of crickets were going into that blender? Who knows how long they've been sitting on a store shelf for? That's not what you want. You want fresh cricket meal that you make right from your very safety of your own home. That'll be the that'll be the next generation. Just wait ten years from now, and they're like you. You know what? It hilariously dumb and dumber, and their idea of we're gonna have a worm farm. One of the greatest scenes ever when they go, hey, should we trash the place? And the lady's like, I don't think they're gonna get the message because they were trying to open up a worm farm. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that you know? You twenty five years later, they could have gone to the start stock market. Someone, I, I should do that sketch where you got Lloyd. And uh, uh, maybe Jim Carrey, if you're out there instead of, uh, well, your artwork's incredible, but some of the Donald Trump stuff was too much. And you're one of the greats. So, you know, but maybe you want to get back together and we can do a sketch where you guys actually now do the uh, pitch on Wall Street because you guys are the hottest IPO because you've been in the worm farm business for the last 25 years and nobody knows how to harvest more worms than you guys do. All right. So you got the comments turned off. And uh, it's always a fun circle jerk when you're watching these videos because everyone's so honored to be with the other people in the elite. Oh, it's just such an honor to sit here with you. And it's such an honor to sit with you here with you. And it's such an honor to be here with you because you're the company that pays us to be there to reinforce. Oh, my God, it's so an, an honor to be with you, the man in government who enforces the exact policy that we lobby for you to do. And it's an honor to be with you, the company that gave us the money to lobby to do the things. And it just goes back and forth and everyone's jerking each other off so that they can feel good come on the floor and make us eat it. I don't know if you guys didn't watch that part of the World Economic Forum, but um, that's what was going on. Uh, and then I also like this because you get these uh, people out there on the streets and uh, hopefully there'll be budget. Maybe in the future, I can be one of these people uh, following these people on the street because the, the people following them on the street trying to get comments, they're not that good at it. But I always like the way that they ignore the people where they go, uh, thank you, we're ignoring you. Thank you, thank you, we're gonna ignore you. Thank you, thank you for coming out but we're going to ignore you. Yes, we're going to continue with our plans to try and dominate the world and only talk to the uh, actual institutions that we know in advance received our checks. They're going to give us favorable coverage, but thank you. Thank you for making the trip out here and putting a microphone in front of me, but you, you know that you're a poor person. And so I'm not interested in having a discussion with you because you haven't been prepaid, but thank you. Thank you for coming out here and putting this microphone. Thank you. All right. Here's some of the questions that I would hit these people with. I'd be out there with my microphone. I'd be like, hey, so what orgy are you attending tonight? Or, uh, hey, if you can't institute climate change and digital health passports, what's your backup plans for controlling the human race? Or uh, wait, are, is there a timetable on the plans to reopen Epstein's Island? Or uh, anyone know the directions for uh, Nancy Pelosi's placenta party? Or like if I ran into that Burla guy, I'd be like, uh, so uh, excuse me, Dracula, but how are you uh, avoiding the sun? What, what technology do you have at Pfizer that allows you to be like Blade and be a daywalker? All right. 
So here was uh, some of the best moments. If you guys waste your life on Twitter, same as me, trying to find the highlights of these incidents in order to just broadcast them on your show, you might have come across this. But first, let's start with Al Gore cutting himself a wrestling promo for global warming. And it doesn't matter how many predictions Al Gore has gotten wrong. It doesn't matter that he told you that the world was going to end 10 years ago, that the solar, the, the, the ice caps were going to melt, the world was coming to an end. We don't even use the term global warming anymore. I think it's changed to climate change. And then, uh, hey, listen, everyone's got to be embrace themselves for the end of the world because I'm the guy who owns the carbon credit system. So you're all going to have to buy things for me that used to be free. I mean, why? If you, by the way, you, you want to figure out how to trade off of a career in government. It's somehow figuring out a way where people will have to pay you a toll without even getting to use something. It's not like they're driving on a road. It's not like they're crossing a bridge. They just got to pay you money for something that used to be free. That, that's a pretty good scheme that he's got going there. But he's still out there. He's got his hedge fund. They make all sorts of money off of green energy initiatives. And he doesn't actually have to show up to work every day and trade. But what he does have to do is make sure that they're selling the fact that our, that our, our planet is changing. It's going through changes. And if we don't act urgently, by the way, anytime you ever hear the word urgently, you hear someone saying urgently, they're they're telling you, hey, we got to sell people. And that's always lazy salesmanship. It's like when you get on a call with someone and they go, hey, what's your pain point so I can sell you? Some of you guys don't know sales at all. So you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But it's like you're not supposed to ask me up front what my pain point is. You're supposed to pry and see if you can find it so that later in the call, you could be like, hey, here was the pain point. But you can't just say that to me. Anytime someone literally says the words, well, we need to make sure that we really scare people so they realize the urgency of it, then they're, they're basically telling you, hey, people don't make decisions unless we can lie to them and pretend like this is a worse issue than it is that they'll actually take action. All right, here we go. Let's listen to a little bit of Al Gore cuddling, cutting his wrestling promo for the climate change threat. Vice President El Gore, if I may call on you, you've been leading this for more than 40 years, shaping global conversations on climate change, encouraging the development adoption of low carbon technologies. You've promoted climate education and awareness among Are you guys able to hear this right now? Activists. In fact, uh, I've come across many of these young people who have been inspired by you to join um, environmental uh, sustainability work uh, in, in business. And you've also recently launched satellite technologies to track emissions, hold companies as well as countries accountable for their other business leaders. It is for real. But as the Secretary General said in his brilliant speech uh, earlier today, all these promises of the last few years to cut emissions, emissions are still going up. When are we going to bring these emissions down? And, and just to put the science in a, a slightly different context, people are familiar with that thin blue line that the uh, astronauts bring. Is that really okay? Well, it's not whether he's a nice guy or not. Have come to the conclusion that the people in authority are not doing their job. There's a lot of Blah, 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 as Greta says, there are a lot of words and there are some meaningful commitments, but we are still. He looks like Vince McMahon's rapier younger brother. All right. Sorry, guys, I didn't queue up the right timestamp, but I believe this is it. And if not, I'll just tell you my one little joke and we'll move on with our lives. Failing badly. We need to have a supermajority process instead of unanimity in the cop. We cannot let the oil companies and gas companies and petro states 
tell us what is permissible. In the last COP, we were not allowed to even discuss scaling down oil and gas. Can't discuss it. A lot of the NDCs weren't even called for. Are we going to be able to discuss phase, scaling down oil and gas in the next COP? Or, or, do, or putting the oil industry in charge of the COP? Is that going to tell young people around the world, we've just decided to not even disguise it anymore. Let me finish with this point on the, on the industry. You've had problems in your area where you tried to get legislation and the oil and gas industry came in and... That, that's disappointing. The clip I was looking for is he starts yelling about that the problem with global warming is that areas are going to become uninhabitable and that we're going to end up with a problem of um, migration. And basically his big pitch is like the same way that we've had refugee crises. Imagine if like there was significantly more refugees trying to get into rich countries. So his big threat is you guys might have to deal with more poor people. Like we're, we're wealthy individuals and we're the elite. And if we don't do something soon, you're going to have more people trying to come into your countries that they realize that no one cares about the planet enough to actually care about the planet part. It's just, if, if you want to be protected from other poor people, you better act now. All right. Here was another clip. Um, which was Vice you had uh, Berla together with uh, old prime ministers. So first, we've heard before talk of uh, digital vaccine passports. And so let's listen to at the World Economic Forum. You've got the old British prime minister talking about the importance for digital IDs linking you to your health documents. Let's give it a listen. Healthcare is, I think, one of the great game changers. You know, we should be helping countries to develop a national digital infrastructure, which they will need with these new vaccines. And then, you know, finally, it, it, it's, it's also about showing people and showing the political leadership that you can make a positive difference to your healthcare system by adopting these measures because they've got, a, they've got an impact beyond any particular disease and, or, or, or pandemic. So I think if you want to keep the political focus, and I... It's got a broad. All right. Seems like, uh, well, you know what? We had 30 minutes of a smooth operation and then the video is kind of cutting in and out. But there you have it. He's talking about how uh, politics didn't do enough to pu push this new technology, which we're going to hear Berlin a second saying the exact same thing. I mean, we've had politics stepped in. They rushed to approve the vaccine. They spent information doing marketing campaigns to get everyone to take the vaccine. You'd think Pfizer would have to pay to do all the marketing on it, but no. Government actually stepped in. They created mandates to force you to take the product for the vaccine companies. They approved the vaccines. They spent money pushing the vaccines. And now you've got people who are making the money off of it going, well, the problem is we can create the technology, but the technology is not worth anything if it becomes politicized. Wait, it became politicized because politics, instead of just having an open market where you had to create a product and the product had to be good enough that people wanted to go take it and for you to advertise it, government actually steps in, they regulate it, they help you bring it to market, they advertise it, they create laws that force people to take it, and then they're on the news every single day yelling it, and then you go, the problem is that it's politicized. No, no, no. The political process is the thing that's selling you. I mean, the fucking balls on these people to own the politicians and have them pushing the product and then going the exact issue is the fact that the product has become politicized. No, no, no. 
the politicization of the product is what allows you to sell it. It's what allowed you to make these profits. And then for you to claim that that's getting in the way, and that's why you need politicians to do more to help support your products is absolutely insane. So let's give that a listen, and hopefully we'll actually queue up to the right timestamp and not freeze. Here we go. Really, I don't know. Uh, it's not only that. Uh, uh, and it's not the ability to execute a very technically challenged tasks, but it was also a series of decisions that had to be made that were 50-50. Oh, and then in this part, and I won't give any more pre-commentary, for all of us who are hesitant to take the vaccine, now Berla talks about how incredibly extraordinary lucky they were that it worked out well. And so if you were so incredibly lucky in that you were able to do the biggest distribution of a new technology ever in human history, how at the same time was it not rational to be a little bit reluctant? So if after if while people are being reluctant, you guys are going, hey, why are you being reluctant? We've done every, we've done our part and now you're going to kill people. And how dare you question this and then turn around after the fact and go, you know, what I mean, that's like a pot like someone gets into uh, uh, like the, the pilot seat and they go, don't worry, I got this. And then they land the plane. And they're like, I have no idea what the fuck I was doing. Holy shit. Did we get lucky there? That's basically. While it was happening, hey, don't question this. We've got it all under control. We know exactly what we're doing. Then after the fact, it's like, yeah, all right, we lucked out. Here we go. And uh, you had to make all of them right to be able to eventually deliver in eight, eight months. And uh, so we were blessed to be able to do it. Now, there were a lot of challenges that we faced, and there were technical challenges, uh, including the choice of the technology, which was not, uh, it was a technology that had not delivered any product until that time building manufacturing capacity for a product that was never manufactured before, just to give you a magnitude of the, of the, of the scale we're speaking now. Pfizer, before pandemic, was producing 200 million doses, vaccines every year, for all the vaccines that we have in the world. The first year of the pandemic, we produced 3 billion doses of a vaccine that we never had manufactured before. That's very challenging, technical, to do. Then logistical challenges, these vaccines had to be transferred in minus 70 degrees, we have never built in the world a logistical channel to be able to do something like that. And that can go on and on. But if you ask me what was financial challenge. But trust us, nothing new here. Perfect system. We've got this under control. As you know, Pfizer is a very big corporation, but also we never accepted money from, uh, from, from governments. So all of that was part of the daily life that we, we had, all of us at Pfizer. But if you ask me what was the biggest challenge, I think it was the political challenge. I think the vaccines, the COVID, and the ability to deliver or not vaccines, and then after we delivered, the ability to use them or not, became severely politicized and became a political statement if you are wearing a mask or not. Became a political statement if you believe we will have a vaccine or not. What he means is that government actually stepped in and instead of letting you make a decision, they sided with Pfizer and they forced you to do it. So is he saying that it should just be up to you? Because I, like, think about how fucking backwards this is. The politicization of this was that government mandated that everyone has to take your product and follow your protocols. I mean, that's the politicization. The politicization was in your favor. So not only was the politicization in your favor, now you're complaining that it's you, you see how backwards and manipulative this is, right? And after we had the vaccine, it became a political statement if you believe it works or not. 
And then we went to more extremes, if you believe that COVID existed or not. All of these were constantly on our way. And, you know, I'm a businessman. I'm hey, look, I'm looking to sell a product here. And so if we says it works, we need government to step in and needs to remove any free choice or any independent research or any ability to criticize because that would be politi pol politicization. Politicization, politicalization, I don't even know the word anymore, is uh, the ability of uh, scientists that are not paid for by us or independent doctors that we don't have full control over or people on the internet who are just good at reading documents and going, hey, this doesn't add up. We can't have any of that. What we need to have this free of the political process and the way that we make it free of the political process is by government instituting that everyone take the product and then government shutting down any free speech around it and then possibly just mandating that everybody have it and that they're not allowed to have. That's how we keep this free from the political process. All right. Moving on yeah, from the World Economic Forum. I thought that this was a funny article and then we just got a couple more topics left and we're going to be going down from YouTube in a second because you thought that was too spicy. I don't even think that was too spicy. We're going to find out. Anyways, Justice Department tells GOP-led House it will, it will not share info about ongoing investigations. This is from The Week magazine. The U.S. Department of Justice said in a letter Friday that it was unlikely to share information with any House committees about ongoing investigations. In the letter, a copy which was obtained by Politico, the DOG said, Longstanding department policy prevents us from confirming or denying the existence of pending investigations in response to congressional requests or providing non-public information about our, inf in our investigations. Consistent with longstanding policy and practice, any oversight requests must be weighed against the department's interest in protecting the integrity of its work. The DOJ added, though the department said it was looking forward to a productive relationship with the new Congress. And, um, I mean, all right. So if someone's going to have oversight of the work you do, you can't say, sorry, I have a policy not to discuss the work that I'm currently doing. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the idea of oversight. Imagine your manager came up to you and goes, hey, uh, so I've been tasked to just overlook what your work is. Oh, it's not my uh, it's my policy that I don't comment on the work I'm doing. Well, then how are we supposed to check in on it? There you go. Well, well what, a, what a way to get away with not doing any work. All right. Now we're coming down from YouTube. Anyone who's interested, you can find me on Twitter, Robbie the Fire. We are currently still live. We are also streaming on Twitch where I am still able to take live comments. And then full video will um, be up on uh, Spotify in about an hour. All right. Coming down. Give us a second. Talk amongst yourself. You know what? We'll listen to a Shedcast song while... Uh, while I take us down. Here we go. Burning it down. Fuck up a pound. Leave it trail. No, maybe we'll make this the uh, intro song for whenever we transition to being off of YouTube. And go check out the Shedcast. I'm on there most uh, most this is from uh the wall street journal it was in the opinion pieces today and uh i found it interesting that they published this article and also two years too late because uh, i mean this has been an ongoing storyline that a lot of the conversation about the boosters probably should have been a conversation about the original vaccine and a lot of the oh it looks like the vaccines don't work for uh 
don't work for the variants or, oh, it looks like you're going to have to keep taking ongoing boosters. And that might create, I don't know, if Stephen, the resident non-scientist of this program, was able to tell us all about this two years ago, there's no reason why the brightest, I'm not saying that Stephen's not especially bright, but I'm just saying there's no reason why uh, the Wall Street Journal and major news organizations weren't able to question these things right at the outset, or that even the scientists working at the FDA and other institutions weren't, wouldn't have been aware of these risks as well. All right, so this is a piece from this article. You can go find the full article. It was in today's opinion section. And yes, I should have given you the author. I shouldn't give you the title, but I didn't. The idea of updating mRNA COVID shots every season originally held promise. One advantage of mRNA technology is that manufacturers can tweak the genetic sequence and rapidly produce new vaccines targeting new variants. Hence, the bivalent boosters targeting the BA4 and BA5 Omicron variants along with the original Wuhan strain. But three scientific problems have arisen. First, the virus is evolving much faster than the vaccines can be updated. Second, Vaccines have hardwired our immune systems to respond to the original Wuhan strain, so we churn out fewer antibodies that neutralize variants targeted by updated vaccines. Third, antibodies rapidly wane after a few months. Two studies in the New England Journal of Medicine this month showed that bivalent boosters increased neutralizing antibodies against the BA4 and BA5 variants, but not significantly more than the original boosters. In one study, antibody levels after the bivalent boosters were 11 times as high against the Wuhan variant as BA5. The authors posit that immune imprinting may pose a greater challenge than is currently appreciated for inducing robust immunity against SARS-CoV-2 variants. This isn't unique to COVID or mRNA vaccines, though boosters may amplify the effect our first exposure as children to the flu, whether by infection or vaccination, affects our future response to different strains. The original COVID vaccine and boosters trained our memory B cells to produce antibodies against the Wuhan variant. As the University of Pennsylvania, Paul Offit explains in a New England Journal of Medicine article, previously vaccinated people who received the bivalent boosters were primed to essentially, you're not getting robust immunity. And uh, it might be uh, easier to actually get sick because now your body's trained for a version of the virus that no longer exists, or at least that's the way I understand that. All right. I think we got one more thing and then I got to call it an episode. Uh, this I thought was promising was there was footage on Twitter of a rally in England of people very upset um, over the vaccines, protesting their government and looking for some action to be taken against uh, the vaccine companies. Uh, and so I don't know who the lady is on stage, but here's a mass of people yelling, shame on you, which I thought was- Shame on you, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. When I wasn't there, maybe this is the one angle or maybe they're fooling us again where they were uh, shaming someone else for something else. Uh, but it seemed like a fair amount of people showed up in UK uh, to protest. I definitely saw people uh, with these giant yellow signs talking about uh, outrage in regards to possible harms from the vaccines. And I just thought Shame of the storyline changing and people really demanding action. And now we've got Burla and he's addressing safety signals. And uh, watch this salesman at work addressing safety signals. And this time I'll comment after the fact. I'll let him talk first. We'll give him the first word and then I'll take the last word. Here we go. G1G. They did ask for treatments from the West. So there's no discussion right now with you and, and the Chinese government about that? Not with us. Not, not currently at the moment. What about um, the status of the, the booster in the U.S.? There's been 
CFTC and FDA investigation into safety, potential safety issues surrounding stroke for elderly people who have gotten the booster. What, what do you know about that? No, I think what the CDC said was that uh, they saw a signal in one small database, and as a result, they triggered a very comprehensive review of all databases in existence, and they discover nothing. So then, just, but just for transparency, we had seen the signal, we tested, we found nothing. The same is with us. Uh, we were alerted that they found that. We'll do it. Our own investigation in all databases in Europe, Israel, and the U.S., and we found in none of them anything. None of them. So None are, are you continuing anything. to look into safety issues? People wonder if it makes me people more vulnerable to cardiac arrest. You, you've arrested, you've, you've seen all the, you know, some conspiracies and some, you know, valid. Yeah, irrelevant from conspiracy or not, we have a team that constantly does this. They are collaborating with major scientific institutions and they are doing with them and alone ourselves, digging into databases. And we constantly review and analyze data. We've seen not a single signal, although we have distributed billions of doses. When it comes to working on boosters every year. There you go. According to Pfizer, there isn't even a single signal. We do our own investigations. We're constantly reviewing the process and there isn't a single, you know, like and I, I'm not, I, I recently heard someone else say this, but uh, typically speaking, when you watch an ad for a vaccine or a product that had normal approval, you'll get a laundry list of your eyeballs might fly out, you're, you, you might have uh, diarrhea in your pants, where for some reason you get off the toilet, you pull your pants off, and then you decide to shit. It's actually a, it's a, it's a problem with our medication that for some reason you can only shit while you have your pants on. But it only happens to 1% of the people. And I, this was Steven. Steven said this on the last episode. So with every other product, they at least have to acknowledge, yeah, there's some side effects. For some reason with this one, Pfizer CEO is able to get that absolutely no signals. This is the salesmanship of this guy. He won't even go, yeah, there's a trade-off with everything, and we've saved a lot of lives, and of course there are side effects, same as any other thing ever, but they are minuscule, and we're constantly reviewing and studying them at all times, and we know that this that the risks outweigh the benefits outweigh the risk, and that's why the government continues to support our product, and we're excited for the continuing evolution of this technology so that it will get better and we can continue to save lives. But he knows that if he even acknowledges in the slightest way any truth of the fact that there might be a problem, that there might be side effects, well, then he's uh, he's opened up the can of worms and so he just shuts it down completely and he just goes, nope, absolutely not. We study things all the time. There's zero safety signals. And then you like his language. I think, I think what the CDC was saying was that they had to do a review because of a signal. And then it came back with, I don't remember that it came back with nothing. I remember that they at least acknowledged that they had to take a look at it. Oh, I mean, let's, uh, let's mark, let's mark this one in our eyes so that if they ever look back on what took place here, we can remember that even faced with a simple question of, uh, are you guys looking into potential problems? He responded, we are observing things all the time and there isn't even a safety signal that requires further investigation. All right, there you go. No give from Berla whatsoever about the fact that the product could be harmful. That is our episode. Thank you for hanging out with us. We will be back, I don't know, Wednesday, Friday, maybe over the weekend. We'll see. But everyone be on the lookout. We got a really fun live uh, part of the problem coming out from uh, St. Louis the other week. More tour dates at comicdavesmith.com. Looking forward to being on the road. I got to start pushing some of my own shows because 
looks like me and Dave will probably be doing about twice a month. And so I got to fill in the other weeks and then porch store is just around the corner. All right. Thanks for hanging out later. It's over.